party people! <laughs> Sid and I are trying to find new opening statements for our podcast because we constantly use the same ones. We always say, hey guys, which is so not PC anymore. Yep, we're not saying guys. It's very microaggressive. But we also say, we're back. We're back! <laughs> like we've been on a safari. <laughs> we have been on a safari. We've been on trains, planes, and automobiles. Um, I will say this right now is my favorite tour ever. It's really? only our second one. <laughs> but it is my favorite. Yes, because I think that we have more people in the classes. Um, we're going to different places. It's weird because the first tour we went to 14 stops. I have no, I have no idea how many we've been on this. It feels like eternity. We've been on tour since October. Yeah. We are, this tour has been stretched out longer. Mm-hmm. With less stops. It's one stop a weekend. Yeah. Whereas last year... Or was two stops, was two a, stops weekend. a weekend. And, and put during... That was too much. Yeah. It was put during like three months. So, yeah, it was way too much. So, I love how it's spread out now. But um, we're almost done. We're almost done. We end in Miami on April 8th, which I'm so excited. I'm going to go down there probably uh, a couple days ahead and live it up on the beach. <laughs> Sorry, if you hear anything in the background, it's just Griffin playing with toys because we're <laughs> recording at home today. Lay down, please. So, uh, yeah, it's been a wonderful it's been a wonderful tour. Everybody that we've met has been incredible. So, if you have come to our risky business tour or you've seen us at other classes that we've been teaching, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Um, you have been incredible. We're still surprised that people love to listen to. I us. know when we come in and they're like, "We listen to your podcast." I'm like, "You do." <laughs> So we switched Why? Our, that's something to talk about. We switched our podcast over to a new um, host, and now our podcast is on Spotify and Google and Amazon and iTunes and Castbox. It's all over the fucking place. So. Your Alexa can play our podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Alexa just went off. <laughs> if you have an Alexa, I believe you just say Alexa play destroy the hairdresser of the podcast, and she will. And she will also play it. I have it set up so that when you play it it plays right where it left off if she, if my alexa plays it i'm gonna be <laughs> i have to get up yell at her because she doesn't hear me from across the room i'm constantly yelling at her the tv constantly activates the alexa the tv yeah really it'll say like alexis from schitt's creek uh, and then alexa will respond i set alarms for myself because even though you can lay in bed and i can be like turn off the alarm i have to get up and go yell at her she does Why? not like me i don't know she does not like me mine listens to everything i say i listen to gregorian chant music before i go to sleep okay she does exactly <laughs> what i want i listen to um lightning thunderstorms because that, I which grew is up... weird because you hate lightning i'm terrified of it it's so my worst weird, fear it's kind of insane that you <laughs> want to listen to it when well you go to sleep. because i grew up in the lightning capital of the world and so something about it is also very comforting is that true? Is Tampa the lightning capital yeah. of the world? It is? Yeah. So the hockey team is Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh. I mean, that's not why, but I'm assuming. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I could be wrong. Someone's going to message me. I know. Like, I was, that's what I was thinking. <clears throat> so, yeah. Tour has been wonderful. We are so excited to meet you guys and to hang out with you and talk to you and spend time with you. Um, Our next stop is Ohio. Columbus, yeah, Ohio. We'll be in Columbus, Ohio. We have like... 40-something people. We sold that show out. It's not I, sold out yet. Oh, it's there not? There are a few tickets left. It I can th- hold 50. I thought we were trying to sell 40. Oh, see? I was wrong. No, we can we can hold 50, so there are still a few tickets left. 
most of the time we can only hold like 15 to 20. Yeah. So this so is this a really is cool exciting. opportunity with Stay Sharp Nation, um, hosted by Virtue Vegan Salon. Sorry, mm-hmm. I always say Vegan Virtue. It's Virtue <laughs> Vegan Salon in Columbus, Ohio. And tickets, honestly, are not... I was concerned that our tickets were going to be too expensive. I think they're too cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the day is long. And it, it. I realized at the end of our classes that we literally talk for almost five hours straight. Yeah. Six. That's, I mean, if we include yeah. the breaks and stuff. But, that's a lot of fucking time. Um, that's a lot of information. And then we're there early and, you know, but it's so worth it. Like, the whole interaction is so yeah. great. But and it's such a cool class. I encourage you, if you've been interested to, you know go on our Instagram and see all the people that have come. Uh, if you live in Columbus or you know someone in Columbus, tag them in our post so that they yeah. can get up on those last 10 tickets before we're sold out. Um, but it's yeah, I'm excited. Fun. I love when it's a big class. Me too. It's just the interact, the interaction so much better. The classes, people, I, people are probably seeing, um, posts from other students and, or some people are taking our classes. Some people kind of look like they're overwhelmed or hung over from our yeah. classes, but it's true. It's, it's real information. It's a lot of information. It's getting your brain to kind of think differently than you usually do. And again, we don't, we're not teaching benchmarks or numbers or sales mm-hmm. techniques or anything like that. We're really just teaching new consciousness and concepts that are going to keep everyone's business moving forward as we change generations from millennial to generation Z to the alpha generation. You just got to be prepared. And it's a lot of, a lot of new information, which yeah. I love that. I love giving new information. Me. Too. If I hear the same information more than once, I get a little bit. Well, I love that we've been little. We in between our tour, we've done little guest spots at other um, other shows, and so we've been able to teach different information yeah. for each one because. Um, so we, we haven't just stuck to the risky business curriculum. We've been teaching risky business, and then we've been teaching you know some stuff from. I'm not going to give them away from our coaching yeah. and. And so it's kind of broken it up, which has been really cool. But I love that you said, like, the DTH hangover. Like, is, people have true. it. They've been messaging us the next day, and they're like, my brain is still fried. My brain yeah. is fried. I had a call with someone um, yesterday that had taken our risky business class in Chicago. And, you know, she was like, she's like, I'm still, like, like kind of firing from your class. Like, I'm still thinking of new things, and I make all these realizations, and... And that was a week ago. Usually yeah. we lose momentum pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I I like that. And it's it's true. I think that every group that we teach has a, a unique energy. And I feel like everyone in Chicago was very yeah, very in tune with very what we were cool. saying. And really open open to listening. So, which I'm, is important if you're going to take our class. Yeah. Just be Bring open. Bring a notepad. Be open. If not, we sell them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be open. Take notes. Drink water. But it's it's an adventure. It's a I feel like you time travel during that day. Yeah. We actually do. Yeah, we do time travel. <laughs> um, but Columbus, I'm excited for Columbus um, next weekend. Or what's Sunday. Today? It'll be yeah. this Sunday. It'll be Sunday, March 3rd. And we actually get to see our lovely, beautiful Kate Wright. Mm-hmm. Finally. She has been with us since the beginning. She is our blogger, badass. Yep. Yep. <laughs> She's just a, blo- a badass blogger <laughs> and hairdresser. And cancer fighter. Yeah. She's cancer free. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. I'm just so excited for her. I can't wait to like hug her little face off. So it's been such a, um, I wouldn't say it's been like an upsetting journey to watch, but she was so strong the whole time. I was like, she fucking got it. Yeah. (laughs) Like she made me feel like that there was no doubt that she was going to beat this. Yeah. Whether she inside, she, you know, whatever she she made it, she did it. 
So love you, Kate. So Can't wait to see you. Yeah, you'll see pictures of Kate and us hanging out when we go to Columbus. Yeah. Where it's freezing, I'm sure. And then after Columbus, we are in Austin mm-hmm. and Houston. Mm-hmm. And then we are in... Indianapolis. Houston you can't buy tickets for, but no. Austin you can buy tickets for. We're just going to Austin. We're just going to Houston. But We're Austin yet. you can. Austin is part of our Whiskey Prison Tour. And then we'll be in Indianapolis, and then... We have a... Th- we have, we're going to be teaching classes at Thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, in Seattle. That'll be in Seattle. You can buy tickets to that. That is a two-day event. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not part of our Risky Business Tour, but um, we will be teaching a, cla- a two-hour class on risk-taking and business building. That's exciting. There's so much going on. I know. <laughs> and then we have to find new apartments. I, and, that and then we, we ha- literally are traveling, moving out, new apartments April 1st, leave to do the last stop on April 8th, and then I'm just going to, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. What do you mean? You're going to, we're going to be so busy trying to find a place to live. Yeah, but that's after, that's before the tour ends. That's true. So I'm just then gonna we're just going to be busy relaxing. Yeah, I'm just going to live it up this summer. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to... You mean gonna... live it down? Yeah, live it down. <laughs> You're just going to lay down. I want to go to the beach and not come home to the cold for at least a month, if possible. Well, in the summer, it won't be cold. <clears throat> April's not really the summer, though. Apparently, it's March 9th is the first day of spring, and March 9th is also my birthday. Ah, oh, we're actually flying out on your birthday. I know, flying to... If you're coming to the class in Austin uh, at Raven Row Salon on March... It's his birthday, so bring him present. My birthday's March 9th. But anyways, what else are we going to talk about? There's so much happening. Lots of things. So we actually were going to... um, We've been discussing this a lot like in our office about kind of the trend of where the industry is going and what's happening... um, in salons and the movement. Mm-hmm. And there's this new trend of stylists feeling that they don't have freedom or they're they're being trapped or they're not having opportunities to grow. So they're leaving, they're going into salon suites or they're going into booth rental salons. And then they aren't treating it as if it's their own business, which is funny because they're they are not, their own business. I, I think, and I hate to say this, and I, if you're listening and you work in a salon suite and or you rent a chair... Unless you're, like, on top of your game and you treat your business as it should be, which is a business, a lot... I find a lot of stylists aren't paying taxes properly. Yeah. I mean, we... I struggle with personal taxes. I mean, paying company taxes is a big deal. It's a hard game. Just trying to get it all together. I mean, thank God we have an account. We have to pay someone a lot of money to keep everything together for us. So I, I just know from speaking to people that they... Unless you have, unless you pay someone to do your taxes, unless you're up on it, unless you're someone who's good at it, there's two types of people. There are the people that ignore it, and they are really behind in taxes, and they kind of fuck themselves over. Or there are people that are afraid of taxes, and they, like, hoard all this money, and then they yeah. pay too much in taxes, because yeah. they don't know how to, like, write things off. Yeah. Because they're afraid to spend money. Exactly. I have a lot of those, actually, mm-hmm. people that I speak with, that are afraid of t- of the IRS, which is funny because I have the opposite relationship with the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the the thing that I'm I think that's going to happen, and I'm kind of you know Sid and I have been trying to predict this, is that there's this mass exodus of people leaving commission salons to either open their own rental salons or to go into a rental situation, 
And then I, what I'm finding, and I, and from all the salon owners that I coach have kind of said this is starting to happen, is that people are starting to realize, A, I don't want to pay my own taxes. I don't want to keep buying my own stuff and stocking color and mm-hmm. inventory and doing all those things. So now they're going back to salons. Yeah. And, because, and they miss having people that they work with in culture and all that. So we're seeing kind of this transition from that went to like booth rental or rental and now it's going back to commission work, salons. But I, I work, think yeah. I think there's a I think that there can be a new way of we've been teaching this for years. Yeah. That you can have a salon that has a rental mentality, which means a lot of freedom, but also is commission where certain things are taken care of for the staff and taxes are paid for and things and like that. And you as a salon owner make money. Exactly. I work with a lot of behind the chair um salon, suite, renters, booth rentals, and um, they all, they're all really happy, but the one thing they do say is that they do miss working with other people. So then I see a lot of stylists will go and try to open a salon, Yeah. yet they open a booth rental salon so they're not making money, and then they don't want to do anything for the staff, but the staff is coming from a commission-based salon, <laughs> so they feel like... They don't know how to be in an environment where they're on their own, and it's just this aggressive. <laughs> it's like blending two families. It's yeah, very hard to yeah. do, you know. And so people get frustrated, and they, you know, they quit or they leave. Or, um, but basically, if you own a booth rental salon, you're basically just a landlord. You are a landlord, and I always tell people, people are always looking to create strong culture with rental salons. It's possible to create. Absolutely. A culture. We've seen it. It's hard. It's yeah. harder. And there's no doubt about that. I always tell people, like, if, if you rent a, if you have a rental salon and you're trying to create culture, which means you're trying to have team meetings and you're trying to do things as a group and you're trying to, you know, make positive changes and bring in certain, like, you want people to dress a certain way and you want the vibe to be a certain way. You, It's kind of like if our landlord came to us and was like, we're going to go on a pick a a uh, team picnic. Yeah. We'd be like, we don't no. have time. Like, but also, I feel like with Booth Rental, the whole point is to have your, to be an individual within yourself, you know? Yeah. And so it's like... That's what you're paying for. Yeah. You're, you're paying, paying for the space. Your own space. Yeah. Your and own business means... within that space, which can be a culture. You can have your own with your own business within a a space and be a part of that culture and you know I always say that like salon owners that we worked with that are booth rental to find the team that their culture is your culture because right. then it's going to be a community versus individual people trying to do their own thing and I think the problems that come up are trying to keep that culture going I mean listen we all have it's hard to create culture in a commission salon yeah. so imagine you have 10 people that own their own business. They don't have to... Where they're like, I'm paying for this. It's my space. They don't have to necessarily do a lot of the things that you want them to do, which it only takes one person to ruin a culture, right? It takes one person to kind of just go against everything that you want to do as a salon owner, and it creates a problem. I know now with a lot of new laws in a lot of states that you have to pay hourly if you're going to do commission and all of this, but instead of everyone freaking out and just doing rental... I mean, there are solutions around around how to create commission slots. Yeah. Even in California, where like the the minimum wage is like de- you have to pay double minimum wage before they make their commission. It's like all this kind of nonsense. But there are ways around it. People are find- getting lawyers and finding ways to create a system that works for both the stylist and the salon owner. But commission is really, in my opinion, as someone who works with salon owners that run commission salons, 
I really think that's the way to make money because when you when you own a rental salon you can only make money by charging more for rent Mm -hmm. or removing overhead like you stop serving drinks and you stop supplying color and you stop supplying back bar like it's the only way to really make money but commission you can thrive yeah commission you can really like you can supply all these wonderful things and you can invest in people and there's also this other thing that is driving me insane (laughs) is salon owners are like oh yeah I build my team up on commission and then I let them become renters that's so silly (laughs) like so you build someone's business and then you're like okay now I only want a hundred dollars a week from it yeah like it doesn't make any sense yeah it doesn't make any sense I feel like where commission based salons have gone wrong is they a lot of people that we meet or salon owners they live in a very fear based business running mentality and so they um, are afraid to let go of old ideas like old industry ideas of how the industry used to be and so like having a year long training program yeah who's gonna do that yeah stop doing that people education is very important in salons but it doesn't have to be a year long you know and who has time in their life to go to school for a year to two years and then be making minimum wage it causes resentment and it does it's insane and I think that learning is very good, but then they that person it's creating monsters because then that person's like gonna treat people like oh you have to be in it for a year and it's like it's so silly like if someone is is Someone's, very good let them, let why them are we money. yeah Jesus. let them make money we actually met someone on tour that she's like oh our assistant's been here for two years and I'm like why are they not doing hair yet and they were like because we don't have a chair for them yeah. and I go then why do you have an assistant yeah why do you have an assistant program yeah. This is the thing. <clears throat> my When I work with salon owners, I always tell them, if you have a training program, it needs to be six months or less. Yeah. For two reasons. One, they need to make money. Two, you, you, you need, need to, to make, make money. money. And it You're co- paying them. Yeah, it costs money to have them. If you're a salon owner, I, I always say, like, you, your assistants, I tell my salon owner students all the time, your assistants should at least do hair once a week. Yeah. Not only that, but once... Once they figure out how to do a root retouch, they should have open books to do retouches. Yeah, it's like That's let great. people just tr- like let them do what they're good experience. at. Experience, and you're gonna get people fresh out of school that like are killer balayage style. Like mm-hmm. they just can do they can hair they can paint hair right. It's like what, so we're gonna make them wait six months? No, give them if they already know how to do it. Maybe they do it a little bit differently, but if they it's can at a cheaper do price, it, like oh my gosh, just. Let them let them live. Yeah, let them live. But I and think, if you don't have a chair, don't get an assistant. Yeah, because like, there's stop no doing that. room for them. You're ruining people's lives. Um, <laughs> there, you know, I see a lot too. Like, it, they'll be like, you have to come in and sit here. You know. Oh, this is my favorite. So oh no, my favorite. Oh, my favorite. The same. I'm the same token. Is if you take off time, you have to make up time. Yeah. For what? <laughs> no, I, I'm taking it off. Because I cannot work, therefore I cannot make up more time. Making up time in a, <coughs> in a service industry is not... Yeah. That doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> My favorite, though, is like... And I get, like, coming in, like... Uh, you need to be at work during the times that you're working. There's a balance. But There's like, definitely a yeah, balance. Yeah, but if, like, if I've been sitting there for three or four hours and nothing is coming in and there's other people that are open like there just has to be sometimes of uh like do you you're need- gonna you're gonna get more business by living your life outside of the salon mm-hmm. than by sitting in the chair yeah and yes i understand that 
people have to build their own business, but business isn't built by passing out cards anymore. And it's not built by sitting in that chair on Instagram. <laughs> no, it's built by going out, meeting people, networking, talking, utilizing your, your life. clients in your chair yes. to build you. I think I think that it would be smarter if salon owners had newer stylists work less days. Mm-hmm. because then they can focus on building those days. And exactly. then there isn't resentment. Mm-hmm. They're still there for education, but they're not focusing on, um, they're not focusing on uh, just, it, this is what happens. It, it's slow, clean. Yeah, clean. and it's like they're not, and, and honestly, I'm like, most you're of- not paying me <laughs> to clean. What the hell am I going to clean? Like, definitely keep the space. Everybody should take care of the space that they work in. It should be I, what you're saying a is, community. What I think you're saying is the the idea of staying busy yeah. is such a old school mentality. It doesn't, when mean, the it doesn't is like, make you, you productive. Let's, you know what? Let's clean the grout in the bathroom. You know? Like, it's just, it's just not... It's not... Co- if it's a commission salon and you're not paying them hourly, it doesn't cost you money for them to do nothing. Yeah. Let them sit in the back room and be on... Let them be on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I was at... In Chicago, there was a salon owner that was saying, I'm, I'm having a really hard time keeping my staff off their phone. And I love that moment because my first thought is you should make sure they're on their phone. Mm -hmm. Like, staff should be on their phone. They should be on Instagram. They should be taking selfies. They should be doing videos in the salon. They should... Yes, there are boundaries and balance. And should they answer a phone call while they're doing hair? No. But did I work at... Have I worked in really, really, really successful salons where they do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even at Sally Hirschberger in New York City, like, you have stylists answering the phone while they're doing hair. You know why? Because people... It doesn't matter what these people do. They're so talented and they're in such high demand that they can fucking answer the phone whatever, whenever they want. they want. And and the consciousness and the and the new wave of thinking is that that's not necessarily affecting the quality of my service. Yeah. I also think that it ties into brands. That might be that of person's course. brand. Exactly. I don't I charge hourly, so therefore when I am with my my clients, I want to be focused on them. I do not double yeah. book. So I don't answer my phone when I'm with them, you know. But you know what? If I answered my phone, none of my none clients of them would care. Would say anything. I also have an Apple Watch, so I can see everything that's going on. And if I that's really need worse. to take a phone when call, when I'm cutting hair, my watch buzzes. I, I'm like, oh. But I also know if it's like if I really need to remove myself, yeah. I can also, you know, I'm not looking at every buzz that's on my phone. So I think it's with when it comes to things like that, it's. What was professional five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago has nothing to do with professional now. And some things are just okay to let go of, like like all these strict Let's rules. make something new. Yeah, it's the same when, when I have a lot of people that have issues with people showing up on time. It's like instead of making that person show up at that time, why not ask them if they'd like to come in later? Yeah. Or on different days? Because it's, maybe it's just not working. Is the schedule not working for you? Yeah. And then if the, they're still late yeah. at that point, then... Then they're just a douchebag. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then you can let <laughs> then we got to address things, but it's true. I mean, you were not a morning person. I wake up at 6 a.m., you know? like I have, I have struggled my whole life, like, doing... Like, working for someone... When we used to work at Aveda uh, as yeah. educators, it was very hard to be there at an 8.30 meeting. Yeah. Especially when you're like, this meeting is so pointless, I can just send me an email. Yeah. You know? But it's hard, and then you're late, and then you're in trouble, and then, like, it's just not... And you're the opposite. You're, like, up, you've got three coffees. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a juice. I've worked out. You've worked out. Like, so it's some... We have to just kind of understand that everyone's different, and trying to fit everyone into... Which is why everyone's leaving for rental. Because mm-hmm. they want... The, they're like, I'm so done with all these arbitrary rules. Yeah. And so if salons want to make money and be commissioned, all you have to do is 
open up some of those rules, open up some of those boundaries, and everybody will start coming right back in from from rental because they want to be part of a culture that's very open-minded and allows allows them to do what they want to do. Yeah, and I think that if you're allowing that freedom, it is also showing that you trust the artist in general, and um, it's a it's creating a trust and com- communication, and yeah. it's, it's creating this respectful relationship. And if the stylist, because I hear salon owners when we say things like this, well, what if they do blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, then they're disrespectful <laughs> yeah, and they love, do not appreciate you. Yeah, and that's love, when you have to let I them know. I love hypothetical questions. Yeah. Well, what if this happens? Well, yeah. what if the world ends tomorrow? Yeah. Like, we can't. <laughs> Some questions are so ridiculous. You have, if you have, when you're. Again, fear-based business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hypothetical. Living in New York, you could you you would die if you thought about hypothetical. Try if you situations. were salon owners, try asking your staff what days they would love to work and what their hours would be, and I guarantee you, you will have more success. Not only that, but you'll. I always hear, well, if I do that, nobody will want to work. That's not true. People need to make money. Yeah, it's not like people aren't trying not to make money. Yeah. <laughs> like this, <It's> not- <laughs> like unless they're independently wealthy or their spouse takes care of them or their parents take care of them, I think most people in the world are trying to make that money, mm-hmm. right? They might not try to make millions of dollars, but they do want to pay their bills and to have spending money. So I think every time I've worked with so many salon owners that have done this and it's always been successful. And, and actually a lot of them you'll find work more when they work the schedule they want, mm-hmm. right? It might someone might want to just work at night, but they they want to work every night, yeah, right. Um, whereas you've been having them, you know, you've set their schedule for like eight to twelve, and they hate working in the mornings, mm-hmm. they hate working in the afternoons, and they don't have time. Like it's just, it's just, it's just letting go, honestly, yeah. of like all these old ideas. And if you want to know how to be successful. Um, behind the chair in a commission salon yes. or if you want to know how to be successful as a salon a suite or booth rental um or as a salon owner well, well if can you, help you if you're renting and you're independent or you own a salon a rental salon like sid said sid and cody morefield are your team of coaches to help i work you with a those lot things. with um suite owners yeah a lot with them because i help them build their business charge their worth Take responsibility for their actions and their business and, and then use have what they want. Yeah. And Instagram, Instagram is the main thing. And I work with commission based salon owners. Those are the leaders that I work with. That's those are the leaders that Kate Kent, um, she's also a leadership coach here at Destroy the Hairdresser. That is we are your team for commission based salons. Or if you're looking to transition, I've been talking to a lot of people that are starting to look to transition back to commission or um, maybe they started a rental salon and now they want to do commission. The transition is not as hard as you think, um, but that is something that Kate or myself would help you work with. Again, if you're if you're looking at rental and you are a renter, Sid and Cody and all the other commission people. Yeah, Cody's my boo. Yeah. So, anyways, hopefully that rant was somewhat helpful. Um, but we appreciate you and we love you and yes. thank you for all your support. And for being on the tour with us and listening to our podcast and commenting on our Instagram and la, 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 la. And putting up with the sirens in the background. Yep. But we will, we will be back in a few weeks and we will hopefully have a special guest. We're not really sure who that will be yet. Yeah. Um, it's hard with our schedule right now and their schedule, so we're trying to make it work. So if you want to see us on tour, there are still tickets left for some of our stops. You can go to destroythehairdresser.com slash tour. If you're interested in private coaching or checking out some of our coaching programs, you can go to destroythehairdresser.com and just 
go all over the website and check it out. You get a free first-time conversation. So if you just want to talk to one of us and see if this is for you or see how we can help you, just go to destroythehairdresser.com and click on sign up or contact, and you can talk to one of us. Yes, and we would love more topics that that you all want to talk about. So if you could DM us some of the things that you're interested in us discussing, some of your stories, whatever it is, you can DM us at destroythehairdresser.com. And you can also email us, info at destroythehairdresser.com. We will keep stories and names anonymous if you would like. Just let us know. If not, we'll blast you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If not, we'll put your name right out there. But either way, um, we are excited to talk to you again in a couple weeks. And we love you and goodbye. out to us on Instagram at destroy the hairdresser. And for more information on all things DTH, visit us at destroythehairdresser.com.